Yeah, I'm speaking tonight. Um, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Crap. <laughs> you don't know what you're asking for. Um, okay. I have, to, I have to pray right away this time. All right, so let's talk to Jesus. God, thanks for this uh, for this night. Thanks for food. Thank you for breaking bread with my friends. Um, I pray that it was pleasing to you. Um, it's pleasing to us. Um, so thank you. Right now, help me out. Redeem this stuff. I mean, it's a mess without you. So please show up. Make us smarter. Make us more loving. Make us wiser. Um, and yeah, like always. I mean, that other stuff seemed to. Make it a good time, too. Uh, we love you a lot. Amen. Okay. So in case you don't know, my name is Jesse. I work here. Um, so have you ever been the last to know? Have you ever been the last one to know something? To know about, you know, who won the Super Bowl? I was the first to know on that one. That sucked. Um <laughs> Or, you know, like, oh, one of Kevin's bands played last night for free. Like, oh, would have been cool to know yesterday. How about something about you? Have you ever been the last to know something about you? Maybe you, you, you've come into work one day, and then everybody stops gets quiet, and everybody just looks at you. You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> There's obviously something you don't know about you at that point. And then, you're, and then your boss says, Jesse, come into my office. And you're like, uh-oh. And then 15 minutes, you know, walking home because you just got fired. <sighs> I, I've actually heard it a couple times <laughs> where somebody hears from a friend that their current boyfriend or girlfriend is going to dump them soon. It's like, oh, what? Uh, oh, <laughs> brutal. I mean, uh, that's a pretty sharp dissonance, right? I mean, that's your life. Shouldn't you be the expert on you? <laughs> it's got to screw with your head. Why the crap does somebody else know about me more than I know about me. <laughs> Rough. But, but it can happen in, in less unpleasant ways. Uh, and, and I'm going to tell you about just such, such an ins, instance now. Um, when I was about uh, 18, 19 years old, marriage was kind of the last thing on my list of things to do. I said, okay, if I meet the girl I'm going to marry, I'll get her address, and then 20 years later... I'll show up and propose then. Because I'll probably be ready, maybe, then. No, no, no. I, I decided I was going to barricade myself in a fortress with all my fun, cool, single friends. Just, no, 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 no. Take that, ye vile floozies. Your plans of matrimony are thwarted. Uh, I mean, I was happy for friends. I knew people that were getting married that were my age. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. I mean, they were happy, so, you know, I was happy that they were happy. I was like, I don't know why. I mean, what do you, what do you, what, what do you get out of this? 
But anyways, I thought my, my, my future of single freedom was secure. But then I realized that, that my future wife was inside the barricaded fortress. <laughs> she was one of the trusted single friends. Clever, you sly vixen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Jess and I were the last to know that we were in love with, with, with each other. My wife's name is Jessie, in case that gets weird. Seriously. I joke, I swear. <laughs> no, I, I mean, Jess and I, we were, we were buddies. We were pals. She was way too fun. Too much of a good time to be to be a wife, <laughs> right? Anyways, my my mother in law told me my mother in law said that she knew the exact time she went. She and I would get that might not my wife and I, her daughter, and I would get married. And she, she didn't tell me, which was good, but it was definitely way before I knew. And. But, and I mean, we wouldn't have believed her. I mean, other people did tell us that we were in love, and we were like, whatever. You guys are stupid. You don't get it. But, uh, yeah, you guys are so in love, and we'd be like, what? No, we're just buddies. They're like, oh, you're not dating? They're like, I remember having this conversation with Jesse. We were talking about our wedding days Plural. She was going to get married some, on some day, and I was going to get married on another. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be so bummed. Because you'll, you'll be marrying this guy, and you'll have to spend all your time with him now. I mean, I'll be happy for you and all, but... <sighs> Were we not idiots? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Not so smart. We finally got there. So, so you know, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. Eventually, you know. Oh wait, you know, best friend is hot. Want to smooch the best friend and like, you know. <laughs> we get there. We got there. And <laughs> it wasn't too long after that wedding day's conversation. So yeah, we didn't know what was going on in our own life. We were not the experts on ourselves at that at this point in time. And this week in 1 Samuel, we're meeting a guy, a new guy, a new character, that is kind of a spectator in his own life as well. He's like, what the crap is going on? Name's Saul. We've been studying Samuel, the life of Samuel. Samuel's a really good guy, smart guy, loves God, does well. Um, but yeah, we meet a new major character, and his, his name is Saul. So anyways, let's read about it. Uh, we're in First uh, Samuel 9. It's a long passage. Stick with me. I'm going to try and get through it fast. But there was a Benjamite. Man of standing, his name was Kish, son of Abiel. Maybe. I don't know how you say it. The, the son of Zeror, the son of Becherath, the son of Aphia of Benjamin. Kish had a son named Saul. Handsome, a young man, as can be found anywhere in Israel. And he was a head taller than anyone else. Um, yeah, sounds okay, right? Fun to look at. Now, the donkeys belonging to Saul's father, Kish, were lost. And Kish said to his son, Saul, take one of the servants with you and go look for the donkeys. So he passed through the hill country of Ephraim 
and through the area around Shalisha, but they did not find them. They went into the district of Shalem, but the donkeys were not there. Then he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them. Lost donkeys. When they reached the district of Zuf, uh, Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come, let's go back, or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. But the servant replied, Look, in this town there is a man of God. He is highly respected, and everything he says comes true. Let's go there now. Perhaps he will tell us what way to take. Uh, Saul said to his servant, If we go, what can we give the man? The food in our sacks is gone. We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? Uh, the servant answered him again, Look, he said, I have a quarter of a shekel of silver. I'll give it to the man of God so that he will tell us what way to take. Parenthetical statement. Formerly in Israel, if, if someone went to inquire of God, they would say, come, let us go to the seer, because the prophet of today used to be called a seer. Seer equals prophet, prophet equals seer. Good. Saul said to his servant, yeah, let's go. So they set out for the town where the man of God was. They were going up the hill to the town. They met some young women coming out to draw water, and they asked them, is the seer here? And they said, hi, Saul. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know they were stoked, though. (laughs) He is, they answered. He's ahead of you. Hurry now. He has just come to our town today. For the people have a sacrifice at the high place. As soon as you enter the town, you will find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. The people will not begin eating until he comes because he must bless the sacrifice. Afterward, those who are invited... We'll eat. Go up now. You should find him about this time. They went up to the town, and as they were entering it, there was Samuel coming toward them on his way up to the high place. Now, the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. About this time tomorrow, I'll send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I've looked on my people, for the cry has reached me. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, whispered in his ear, This is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. Saul approached Samuel in the gateway and asked, Would you please tell me where the seer's house is? I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up ahead of me to the high place, for today you are to eat with me. In the morning I will send you on your way, and will tell you all that is in your heart. (laughs) As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, do not worry about them. They have been found. And to whom is all the desire of Israel turned, if not to you and your whole family line? Sheesh. Uh, Saul answered, But am I not a Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel? And is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such a thing to me? Then Samuel brought Saul and his servant into the hall and seated them at the head of those who were invited, about 30 in number. Samuel said to the cook, Bring that piece of meat I gave you, the one I told you to lay aside. So the cook uh, took up the thigh with that was wait took up the thigh with what was on it and set it in front of Saul. Samuel said, "Here is what I've been kept for you. Here is what has been kept for you. Eat because it was set aside for you for this occasion from the time I said I have invited guests." And Saul dined with Samuel that day. After they came down from the high place to the town, Samuel talked with with Saul on the roof of his house. They rose about daybreak. And Samuel called to Saul on the roof, Get ready, and I will send you on your way. When Saul got ready, he and Samuel went outside together. They were going to the edge of town. Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to go on ahead of us. The servant did so. But you stay here for a little while so that I may give you a message from God. And Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him, saying, 
Has not the Lord anointed you ruler, ruler over his inheritance? When you leave me today, you will meet two men near Rachel's tomb at Zelza on the border of Benjamin. They will say to you, the donkeys you set out to look for have been found, and your father has stopped thinking about them and is worried about you. He's asking, what shall I do about my son? Then you will go from there until you reach the great tree of Tabor. Three men going up to worship God at Bethel will meet you there. One will be carrying three young goats, obviously the biggest guy, another three loaves of bread, and another skin of wine. Those other two guys, man. I don't know, they want a bet or something. They will greet you and offer you two loaves of bread, which you will accept from them. After that, you will go to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. outpost. As you approach the town, you will meet a procession of prophets coming down from the high place with lyres, timbrels, pipes, and harps being played before them, and they will be prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. (laughs) Okay. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. Go down ahead of me to Gilgal. I will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. But you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what you are to do. <laughs> Whew. A couple more verses. I'll get to those later. Um, so, what, so what do we know about Saul? He's hot. He's fun to look at. Uh, he's kind of a rich kid. Dad's something. He's got a ranch. Um... Well, I mean, donkeys anyway. I guess I assume it's a ranch. Um, he's a Benjamite. Benjamite, this is, this, is, this is some background information, a little bit interesting. Uh, the people of God, Israel, were split into 12 tribes. And everybody got some land when, the, when they got a hold of land. And uh, they gave the least amount of land to the tribe of Benjamin. Because <laughs> basically they're like, oh, man, the Benjamites, they're just going to screw it up. So let's just give them a little piece. Benjamites are kind of thugs. <laughs> they're warmongers. They're just pugnacious thugs. I mean, the, everybody's like, they're just going to kind of mess up anything that comes their way, so let's not give them much. Um, so, yeah, this kind of explains why Saul was like, oh, I'm a Benjamite. I don't know if you want me to, you know, rule everybody. It's interesting. They're, so Benjamites know that they're kind of rejects, but it's a funny thing. Anyway. To the story, Saul's just being responsible, doing what he's asked. The beginning, keeping dad's ranch going. Donkeys. All right, donkeys. Donkeys. Nope. Donkeys. Nope. Donkeys. Nope. Where are the donkeys? Um, can't find them. Uh, and then his servant buddy says, there's the, this guy. We should go see him. He's a man of God. Knows all sorts of stuff. Could be helpful. Uh, but now, uh, this guy is Samuel. The servant makes him sound like some kind of reclusive wizard with a lot of time on his hands. <laughs> Let's, to remind you, Samuel is the judge of Israel. He is the spiritual and political leader of all of God's people. Millions of people. Probably not bored. The servant's like, well, let's just knock on his door. I didn't bring a six pack or anything, but I've got a couple bucks. You might want that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you send a letter first or, I mean, not an email or a text. I don't know. But, like, I don't know if you just knock on the door of the quote-unquote president of Israel. I mean, it's like, 
Also interesting is, is that this seems like new information to Saul. The leader of our nation, you don't say. Weird. I mean, they live like less than five miles from each other. The seat of national power is next door, and Saul doesn't know. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't there. Whatever. I don't know. If it, maybe he's playing video games all day. Rich kids, you know. Anyways, they get to town, and Saul asks the first guy he sees, Hey, man, we're looking for the seer. You see, we lost some donkeys, and I'm him, said Samuel. Are you the new hope for our nation? You, mu- you must be. Um, now, little aside here. I, I mean, well, yeah, I said new hope. Just last night, I, I, saw, I watched uh, episode four of Star Wars with my kids for the first time. It was awesome. I've been waiting... Three years, I was waiting until my youngest was three years old so I could, you know, so he could fully enjoy it. And it was awesome. Number three, Finn, Finn fell asleep. But, I mean, he played, he, he played all, outside all day, so he was exhausted. Anyways, speaking of episode four, it, 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 it really felt similar when they found Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's, you know, it was like, oh, Ben Kenobi, I'm so glad, so glad you saved me. Thank you. Uh, this droid is looking for somebody named Obi-Wan Kenobi. Have you ever heard of him? Oh, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Do you know him? Oh, well, of course I know him. He's me. I mean, it's, it's just so slick and cool and like, yeah, Obi-Wan's just the best. And I don't know. Samuel could have learned a couple things from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, because Samuel was pretty direct. He's like... Oh hi! You're the you're the new hope for Israel. Like almost the first thing he said. I mean, there was two sentences. He put two sentences in front of "You're the new hope for Israel." Sheesh! Give the guy a break. I mean, Luke Skywalker got like a movie and a half <laughs> to figure out that he would bring balance to the force. Saul, he's like, what? What did you just say? I'm a Benjamite, so you know. Okay, I don't do that. I mean. Poor Saul is on his heels. Like, this guy does not know who I am. <laughs> like I said, he's just kind of a spectator in his own life at this point. With that, I think Samuel kind of figures out, oh, crap, I think I just totally dropped a ton of bricks on his head. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, 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 let's eat! <laughs> so they go up and they eat. I'm sure they have a wonderful conversation. Uh, and then they go, go back home, to back, back to Samuel's place. Uh, they talk on the roof for a while. And, uh, and you, you hope this is the warming up stuff. Samuel's like, oh, yeah, let's, let's, let's you know, warm this kid up a little bit. You know, what's your last name? Um, what's your favorite color? <laughs> Sports fan, stuff like that. Um, you hope. I mean, it doesn't say what they talked about uh, in, in the scripture. But then, you know, and then he lets them go to sleep. Also merciful. Thank you, Samuel. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I doubt Saul actually slept. He's like, oh my gosh, what the crap was going on? I was just looking for donkeys. But then, in the morning, then Samuel presents Saul his future in, in a much more calculated way. Um, okay, get ready to go, he says. This is verse 27. Tell the servant to go on ahead of us. Stay here for a while. Though, I, want, I, I have a message from God for you. 
not the Lord anointed you ruler over his inheritance. It's still big. It's still a thing. I mean, I don't know, six, eight, 12 hours later, it's still a ton of bricks. But he adds some stuff. And this is the, this is, this is the interesting stuff. This is some, like, what? Uh, you know, like, you're going to go. These people are going to tell you about the donkeys. The donkeys are fine. I've told you the donkeys are fine, but obviously you're not convinced, so this person's going to tell you the donkeys are fine. Then you're going to go, uh, and, and these guys are going to give you uh, bread. And, and then you're going to go, and you're going to start prophesying with, uh, with some people. Okay. Why? I mean, that's kind of weird. Why does this have to happen? I mean, is this some funky ritual that you just have to do when you're the first king of Israel? If you remember, these are my favorite parts of the Bible. Why does God do this? Why does God do this? This is where we get to figure out why God does the things he does, which are often weird and makes God so much more interesting. Well, the reason is 1 Corinthians 14, 29. Uh, But we're going to get to that in a minute. But what is happening here is, well, who is happening here? is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. This is a big deal. This is what I want to talk about tonight, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stick to my notes a little bit so I don't screw up. There's, there's some heavy stuff here, so, so stay with me. The Holy Spirit is a person. Not a human, but a person. A little bit weird. We just got to get over that. Uh, the Holy Spirit is also God. Uh, our God is triune. Uh, Christians throw that word around, and it's unfortunate because it's weird, uh, but it means God is three persons in one. Um, the Holy Spirit, I mean, he has the most technical name of the three persons, which is unfortunate as well. I mean, Jesus, I mean, that's that's one of the persons. He's... I mean, that's a proper name. That's personal. That's cool. And the Father has, you know, has personal and emotional tone to it. But the Holy Spirit is just so clinical, you know, so so technical. I, I think we often dismiss the personhood of the Holy Spirit because of that title. Anyways, the Holy Spirit specializes in the supernatural as, as we perceive things. Uh, in the, the metaphysical, in the ethereal. God's omnipresence, or the fact that God's everywhere at one time, is due to the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is for God what cell phone towers are for Verizon Network or whatever the heck. It's how we are translated to God and how God is translated to us. Prayer, stuff like that. The Holy Spirit is is who makes the Word of God more than a book. Makes it interactive and living. Now, there's a lot of Spirit of God stuff in in, uh, 1 Corinthians. The same book where we get our name, FYI. Uh, But let's look at uh, chapter 12. Um, This is about spiritual gifts. 
Anyways, yeah, let's just read it. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That is, to each Christian, if you're a brother or sister. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. A little bit wordy, but spiritual gifts, you get those. If you're a brother or sister in Christ, if you're a Christian, you have spiritual gifts. Or maybe one, maybe two, maybe three, maybe all of them. I don't know. Um, you get spiritual gifts. It's how God likes to use you. Like, oh, man, Susie's going to rip at this. I'm gonna, this is her gift. I'm going to help her out with this. It's going to be rad. Some are teachers. Um, our apostles, prophets, you know, we went through the list. There's actually more than this. There's, uh, there's Ephesians 4, Romans 12, 1 Peter 4? I can't remember. 2? 4. Um, and and there's, there's lists in all of those. Uh, that it's hard to say that any of them are comprehensive. I think there's more than this. But at a lot of churches, this stuff gets crazy. And I mean, crazy. Larry's laughing. People claim that the Holy Spirit, you know, does and inspires all sorts of stuff. Uh, dancing, laughter, massage, and, and prophecy and healing and tongues like we read. Now, I need you guys to hear me. I want to be clear. You guys have to hear me in this. I don't doubt that the Spirit of God does or inspires any of these things. Even massage. I mean, that one's a stretch. But I'm not going to put the Holy Spirit in a box. <laughs> the thing that happens, though, is, is so often at, at a lot of churches, they, they schedule the Holy Spirit. Oh, this is the, the, the Holy Spirit time for, you know, from 935 to 938 for spiritual massage. And it's like, no, we, no, you don't. You don't schedule God. God does his own schedule. Freaks me out a little bit. Anyways, more on, more on that in a sec. Anyways, what, what, what the Spirit of God is doing in this part of 1 Samuel, back to the story, is prophecy. Prophecy has two aspects. Um, foretelling, the, you know, tell the future part. And forthtelling. The other aspect, telling forth the words of God at, at opportune times, at timely intervals that enhance people's lives, help them get where they need to go. Now, there, there's folks in and around 
the scum community that are prophets. Um, three people that I'm going to bring up. Larry is one. Amy is, is Amy still here? Amy was here. Amy is one. There she is. And then, uh, and then uh, Jay Pathak, he's actually a pastor of another church, but he's, you know, part of our community. Um, the reason I bring these three people up is because they do it well. One thing that I hear these people say a lot is like, well, I just, something just popped into my head, and it might be from God, so I want you to hear it. But they will also say, it might not be from God. This is a big, big deal. This is huge. See, as you might imagine, it's not an exact science. <laughs> it can be weird. And so what's got to happen is things have got to be backed up. I said it was uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 14 was, was the reason that all this, all this stuff was happening to Saul, the, the, the prophecy stuff. Yeah, let's read that. Two or three prophets should speak. And the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can call all prophecy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. As in all the congregations of the Lord's people. This is an orderly thing. This is not chaos. This is done on purpose by God. It's not just nutso time. Things have got to be backed up. I mean, Larry will say often, I think I heard from God, and he'll tell you what he heard, and they say, look for that to be confirmed. Look for that to be backed up. Friends, brothers, sisters, hear me now. Watch out. At SCUM, we are open and ready for the Holy Spirit to do stuff. And recently, in the last year or so, I mean, more Holy Spirit stuff is happening, and it's sweet. There's been healings, there's been prophecy, there's been people delivered from gnarly stuff. It's been rad. But we've got to be careful. In my notes, it says, come get some. <laughs> you want this to happen. Come get it. But so you know, it, it doesn't necessarily happen on Sunday. I mean, Sunday is just one-seventh of the time that we all spend together. Less than a seventh. I mean, this is just a couple hours. Come hang out. Come hang out in a small group. Come to potluck tomorrow night at my house, 6 o'clock-ish. Um, come to community prayer this Friday. Hang out. See what God is doing in and through us. But I'll say it again. Watch out. Because some people are hearing poignant, timely, life-changing things, and it's rad. But some people are making shit up. <laughs> and I, I use that word shit on purpose because it's nasty. It is poison. It is profane. It is caustic. It damages people. When people are making shit up, it, it leads people away from God. And oh my gosh, if you do that, you beg for mercy from God, because that is such a huge deal. 
I mean, it's not always done maliciously. There's people that do it out of, out of compassion. They see their friends in, in pain, and so they tell them what they want to hear, and then they just put God's name on it, you know, to just, you know, add some hope to it. I mean, it's a good motive, but it's still a lie, and it's probably going to damage people. I mean, in my 20s, it's comical how much this happened, but, like, (laughs) people would have compassion for their their single, brokenhearted friends and say, oh, I had a dream. I think God God told me that you're going to marry Susie or marry Johnny. (laughs) <laughs> so dumb oh it's such a train wreck waiting to happen I mean it's dumb from a stance of compassion but it's still going to mess people up I mean gosh I mean think about poor Johnny and Susie some puppy following him around saying oh God said I was going to marry you yeah who wants that noise Jeez. But it does happen maliciously, too. I mean, some people are just trying to screw stuff up. Some people just like, oh, those prophets get a lot of attention. People like them. I can make up some stuff. Not, not cool. Not cool. Honestly, I don't know if, I don't know if that's happening at Scum. It is not to my knowledge. I don't know of anybody making shit up at Scum. God have mercy if we think that it can't happen here. It can. And I know there's people here that have been burned by it in other places, in other communities. So we've got to look out for our brothers and sisters. We have got to be careful with this. Such beautiful things can come out of it, but a lot of mess can come out of it too. Now, last point I, I, I want to get to. Um, <laughs> it's a positive one. I don't want to leave leave you guys with a you know wagging finger or anything. Um, let's look at First Corinthians twelve. Well, no, no, no. No, we've read it. Uh, we are living. Uh, I'm going to shorten another thing here. Uh, we are living under the new covenant with God. Uh, I think we've explained this before, but I'm going to do it again fast. You have to trust me here. It's a big conversation, but yeah, we are under the new covenant. There was an old covenant, and that's when Saul was hanging out. They were living, you know, existing. The old covenant basically was a pact between God and people, God and his people. He said, follow these rules. If you follow these rules, I will be your God, and I'll help you out. The rules will help you out a lot in the first place. But this is how it goes. Follow these rules. I'll be your God. 2,000 years ago, Jesus happened. Uh, Jesus came and took care of all of the rules so perfectly that the old, co- the old covenant was just wrapped up. It was taken care of. And in the new covenant, the quintessence of those rules was put into the hearts of God's people. Now, what is that quintessence? question. Who is that quintessence? Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is in you, brothers and sisters. In the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the Holy Spirit was in just one person. Sometimes nobody. But God was a whole lot more choosy with who he hung out with. 
In our story, we see that Saul was one of those guys. In verse 6, the Spirit of God will come upon you powerfully. And then in verse 7, do whatever you want because God is with you. So back then, God thought it was necessary to put his power and make it available to one guy, the leader of his people. Like, this guy needs what I've got. Here you go. The purpose, uh, verse 16, was to deliver, deliver Israel from the Philistines, the bad guys. But, I mean, this is a big deal, the Spirit of God. I mean, but Saul, even with the promise of this coming, I mean, he, I guess he, things haven't been confirmed to him yet, but still, I mean, it looks like he's just a specter. I mean, he, he kind of sucks at playing the role of himself, right? I mean, he doesn't say anything for pretty much the whole, the whole chapter. I mean, all he says was, nope, probably not me. You don't know who I am. I mean, the rest of the chapter, I mean, it kind of looks like some schmo, like, pulled out of the audience, getting, like, pushed around by all the real actors, you know? Like, oh, God, okay, all right, jeez, okay, crap. I mean, I can't blame him. It is a ton of bricks on his head. But, guys, the point I want to get here, the Holy Spirit was put on Saul to be the ruler of God's people. Where is that Spirit of God now? Where is he now? In every single one of us. <laughs> Holy crap, man. This is awesome. I mean, we see in a couple cha- chapters, spoiler alert, um, Adam's, Adam's chapter next week is so sweet. Stay tuned. Um, Saul goes out and kicks ass, man. He just does it. He just like starts tearing... Stuff up. It's pretty sweet. You guys have the same spirit in you. Big deal. Spiritual gifts are in you. God is in you. You can do some cool stuff. Do it. Go out and kick ass. I mean, you should be the star in your life. When God was making his grand project called existence. He's like, okay, you know, I need somebody to play the role of Dave. Who can play the role of Dave? Wait, 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 wait. Dave. Dave should play the role of Dave. He'll kill it. He'll do it so well. Dave will be so good at playing Dave. Guys, star in your own life. It's freaky, right? I mean, it sounds funny when I make it sound like that, but try some stuff. I mean, I'll tell you what's going on in my life. (laughs) I'm in charge right now. How hilarious is that? (laughs) Right? I'm the senior pastor. (laughs) Uh, It's a bigger deal than I thought. I was like, oh, whatever. But, I mean, I was asking Mike before he left on a sabbatical. Our senior pastor is on sabbatical right now, in case you didn't know. I don't get this for forever. God God be praised. Um, I was like, Mike, what's coming my way? What's going to happen? He's like, oh, I don't know. And, I, and it's like, oh, all right. But I asked him again. I asked him like three or four times, what's going to happen? And every time he said, I don't know. And now I understand why he said, I don't know. But, man, there's a ton of stuff. It just comes at you from all sorts of directions. 
It's kind of a weird thing. Like, I'll tell you what. Leadership is not what I signed up for. I became a Christian. I was like, oh, my God, Jesus, this is everything I wanted. Thank you. And it wasn't long before he said, no, you're going to be a leader. I was like, "Ah, no, let's not do that. Let's just love people. Let's just love people. Oh, my gosh, I tried to fight it. It wasn't, it's not a good idea. So don't fight God. (laughs) Trust me. Um, But then even coming here, you know, like people listen to me. I don't know why. (laughs) But I have to walk in it. The Holy Spirit of God is in me. I mean, I see stuff confirmed. Like somebody said, like, no, Jesse, you're, you're supposed to do this. And then somebody confirmed it. And then another person confirmed it. Actually, it was Amy. And it was Larry. And it was Larry's daughter. I was like, oh, my gosh. Ah, okay, fine. I'm trying to walk in this. It is weird. I'm trying to star in my own life. <laughs> but it's weird. I don't want to be in charge. I don't want to screw stuff up. Guys, there's some of the stuff that I am retaining. I am going to maintain some authority, which is weird, when Mike gets back. I think executive pastor or something like that. The, the term that I came up with, with that, that I like is the administrator. <laughs> yeah. What? My, it's not my derby name. Quiet, you. <laughs> <laughs> Derby's for girls. Derby's for girls. Keep it. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 I, I completely derailed now. But like, I'm I'm trying to do this, guys. Like, I am gonna try like hell to help you guys out. To love you, to love us, to love Denver, to love staff. Man, the staff needs some love. I'll also tell you, I'm going to screw up. I'll fail you. It's just inevitable. I'm sorry. But I'm going to get back up. I'll hopefully realize the mistakes and learn from them. Saul, he's going to make some mistakes. He's going to do some good stuff. He's going to learn. Sometimes he's not going to learn. I want you to watch Saul. This is supposed to be about Samuel, yes, but I want you to watch Saul in our next few sermons. See if he figures out how to star in his own life. You guys have got more than a couple chapters to figure that out. Brothers, sisters, star in your own life. Love it. Say, dude, I rip. I just kill it at being myself. I'm so good at this. And walk left, right, left. See what comes across your path to do, whether it's looking for donkeys or slaying the Philistines. <laughs> it might be mundane. It might be every day. It might not be. Try stuff. Guys, see what God will do. Love you. Thanks for listening.